Hello and welcome back to Redirected. My name is Andrew East and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who has experienced a pivot or change in life. I call these pivots redirections and at some point or another we all go through them. And so I wanted to sit down with people who have made it through these changes well in order to glean their wisdom but also Here's some entertaining stories along the way. And we're continuing today our Forbes 30 Under 30 series where we're talking with people who are redirecting the future and have visions of something much better or different than we're currently living in. And we sit down with a Jameson Raider who has, uh, I I really enjoyed this conversation with Raider. He has co-founded a company called Q Audio. Uh, He was in graduate school at UCLA when he actually got an investor in this concept. And so now it's grown and he's worked with NBA, the NHL, all the major sports leagues, and that what the idea is, and I'll let him explain it more than I will because I'll, I'll butcher it, but essentially it enhances the live event experience, and there can be an audio signal sent from a central location like the scoreboard at an arena that triggers something on your phone so that everybody can experience like a light show uh, if people hold up their phones, and it's, anyway, it's next level, and it's fun to talk with someone who's able to think up such a concept but even much more actually execute on the concept. And so if you want to find out more about Jameson and his company, Q Audio, I'll link information on both down below. And if you haven't subscribed to the show and given it a rating, please do so on whatever platform you're listening on. It helps us out. Let's go ahead and jump into this one with Jameson Raider. Jameson, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. Uh, I'm really excited for our conversation. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to meet you as well. A couple questions just to get us started here. If you had to say which school was the better school, would you say Northwestern or Vanderbilt? I'm curious. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Northwestern or or UCLA, where I, I did an MBA for like. No, Vanderbilt. oh, you went to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody's always like, you know, they're the Northwestern of the South. So like that. Vanderbilt has like four houses, right? That are like kind of like Hogwarts or something. who fed you that information i heard that i heard that when i was like 16 and it made me want to go to vanderbilt i was like (laughs) no 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 we we they put us in uh they put us in freshman houses so i guess maybe that's it but no sorting hat or anything unfortunately you weren't like ravenclaw gryffindor (laughs) you thought i would be a ravenclaw though first of all what's up Uh, with the just throwing it out there uh, (laughs) i'd be a slytherin uh, <laughs> um, look, I always like to start off. I'm curious if you could give us a background of who you are. What is the foundation of how you got to, to where you are today? Like maybe even what your parents do, if you don't mind jumping into that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I guess I could say I like learning things. Um, so that's kind of like where everything started for me. It's always buy a book, read it, learn. So I was like big into, like going all the way back to like a teenager, big into teaching myself math. Um, so I did a bunch of math and stuff, applied to college when I was 16. My parents got divorced and I was like, do I live with mom? Do I live with dad? Do I go to college? So I was like, I go to college. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I went to Northwestern, majored in economics. At um, 16? So I got accepted at 16. I went there at 17. What the frick, dog? Are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was good. It was a good experience. Um, you graduated. You still weren't of drinking age. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. I went to like one party when I was in in, in college. I went to like one party. 
I wasn't like super social or anything, kept to myself. Um, yeah. And then, so then you went right into UCLA business school. So at that point I was like, you know, I was graduating. I was like, what do I do? Like, what am I going to do? I have no idea. I'll do more school. Uh, <laughs> so I applied <laughs> to like all these MBA programs. Uh, one of them that I applied to was Yale Silver Scholars. And so like I had asked my professors for a recommendation. I had a 3.9 and they would tell me, why are you applying to University of Chicago Business School? You're not going to get in because they don't take you unless you have work experience. And I had none. Uh, but Yale Silver Scholars was this thing where you do a year of, um, of MBA, a year of working, and then come back for a year and finish your MBA. I was like, I made it to the interview stage and then I blew the interview and, and it did not get in. Um, in a bad, in a bad way, you blew it. Oh, blew it. I blew it. I got in a fight with the, the guy interviewing me. We got in a discussion and I thought I was right. And two years later, I realized I was wrong. <laughs> Who the heck are you, man? Um, I was like, yep. Yeah. Like two years later, I had like an epiphany, like, oh my God. I, I, I wasn't right about that. I oh died God. on the wrong hill. Um, but I did UCLA for like um, like a week. And then my startup ended up getting, a startup got funded. And I dropped out. Um, How did that happen? How did you just get a startup funded like that? Um, so uh, out of college, um, I did end up doing more school. I started, I went to Omaha and did basically almost like, kind of like freelance uh, I, I, stats analysis for a minor league hockey team. Um, like it was not like I, I made like no money. Like it was like nothing. Um, but um, it was a cool place to office in because there was an arena that had like 4,000 seats and everybody would come like 30 times a week for 30 home games and watch these minor league hockey, hockey games. Um, but none of the teams in the league had an app. So I was, I didn't know how to make apps, but I was like, I'm going to learn how to make apps and I'm going to sell an app to all these 17 teams. So I bought a book on iOS programming, a book on Android programming, um, read them, made an app and started selling it to these minor league hockey teams. Um, so I, from picking up my first programming book to um, 18 months, I had sold apps to the NBA and NHL um, and yeah, it was 18 months from picking up the book to, to like these sales to um, major professional sports teams. So then that's, that, that's what ultimately helped you get your startup funded? Yes. Yep. So we had a relationship with like Coca-Cola and Disney. And then we, I met uh, my a co a co founder, Ira Akers, at an expo. And uh, he was like, we got to get this thing funded. You shouldn't go to business school. We got to take this thing to the next level. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, if you can find investors, I, I'm not going to find investors. I'm 23. No one's going to listen to me. Um, and yeah, we found investment um, and have been growing the company ever since. And um, yeah. Jameson, do you realize that story. your life experience is so different <laughs> than anybody else I've maybe ever talked to, bro? Um, Going to college at 16 graduate getting a fight at a job interview never heard of that story learn how to freaking do 
you taught yourself math, how to do app coding. Then you get a startup funded. Your first startup gets funded and you drop yeah. out of business school. That is, I was just thinking like we've, I, I've talked with quite a few people who have dropped out of school and like, it seemed like a, you know, really kind of counter intuitive decision for them to make just given their position in life. But for you, I feel like it just kind of fits you dropping out of school like that. Yeah. It, it was the fiscally responsible decision. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, because you, you are either going to have to pay for school or get or paid get by your startup. Paid like a salary. Yeah. 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 And I've learned way more about business, like managing a business than I would have in uh, school for sure. What, uh, so you, I, you're very like, uh, analytical thinking, I imagine. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So is that, I have so many questions first of all about Q because it, I, I cannot wrap my head around what the frick or how the frick it works. I'm sitting here looking at it's, uh, you send data through audio, which that explain what Q is, if you don't mind. Yeah. So Q is based on a concept that there's more ways for devices to communicate than our apps, so Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, cell service. Uh, so we like to say that we are literally giving robots a voice. Um, so devices, any device with a speaker or microphone communicates through high frequency inaudible sound to any other device with a speaker or microphone. So they're basically talking, but so high pitched to where people can't hear it. Um, so that's kind of the premise of our technology. And that's kind of what powers everything that we do. And so the uses so far have, have a lot of times been in stadiums or concerts where what it's like a, it's kind of like a show that the mm -hmm. audience is able to participate in. Yeah. So the biggest product to date has been smartphone light show. Um, so it's great for device synchronization. It's like everyone holds open their phone and the mic's on. Um, so like we do this with like the new Orleans saints, like all the saints fans in the dome, um, like, uh, hold open the saints app and we embed ultrasonic audio into the pregame video. And then it'll hear that ultrasonic audio and then everybody lights up to the beat of the music. So it's like a big smartphone light show. So you'll see people, you know, at concerts that turn their flashlight on manually and just like kind of like wave their phone. This is like the next level of that where everybody's synchronized. Have you gotten much negative feedback either from, you know, dogs who are hearing the, the high frequency or like, you know, the whole, are you tapping into my phone concept? Yeah. So, uh, the dogs think that's a good question. They can hear it, but like, it's kind of like white noise and it's like only like three seconds in totality throughout the whole song. Mm. So it's like not, not a concern. I think, uh, young children are able to hear some of it too, cause they have really good hearing. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people like a video went viral on Reddit of the light show. And like one of the com a lot of the comments were like, congratulations. You know the team now has knows everything about you and, and knows yeah you know, <laughs> yeah and like no we don't like we like the security like on an iphone like there's the user permissions are like you know we don't know we actually have no information about you like at all um and then the audio gets uploaded so it's all locally decoded so everyone's like really skeptical um but we know way less than you think 
You strike me maybe as a guy who spends a lot of time on Reddit. I also, that's my favorite uh, social media platform, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are, the, the smartphone light show s- sounds amazing. I'm curious, when you're sitting in the stadium watching this technology you've built deploy to tens of thousands of people, mm-hmm. walk me through that experience. As an athlete, like, it's one thing to run out on a field and have, you know, I guess the ambient noise, nobody's cheering for, for me specific. I'm a long, I was a long snapper. So nobody cared what I did, but it was kind of cool, but you're actually like controlling what's that Um, experience like? Yeah. So I'll tell you a story. So we did the college football playoffs, like January or February, right before like the world ended, like, um, 2020 so it's like the last hurrah of like sporting events of the year like unbeknownst to us um but it was cool like the president was there we we're all on the field and it was at the mercedes-benz superdome in new orleans um and i actually hadn't i'd been doing this for years and hadn't really been like actually one of our events like like um had done like hundreds of these shows never attended one ever um so this is like actually one of the first I was actually in attendance for. And it was really cool because like all the badges like be on the field the whole time, like both during and after the game. It's <laughs> so like after the game, we're taking videos. You just see like us running on the crowd and running circles through the confetti, probably like, in, so like total idiots. Um, but it's like a super nervous. Like I thought like right before the light show started, like you, you feel like you're going to pass out. You're like, you feel like everyone's staring at you. Um, huh. Like literally, like, I hope I don't pass out right now. Cause I, cause because I'm on camera and they'll just see a guy pass out on the field. <laughs> what happened to that guy? Um, and then it like happens. And then once it happens and goes well, like it's just like a, such a feeling of um, like relief and like enthusiasm. Uh, like the, those are like, that's probably the time I've been like most pumped was just seeing the cultural playoff light show. And then knowing that I got to enjoy the rest of the evening because like my portion of the game was done. And I was like, from here on out, get to have fun. Hmm. What, how do you test something that's ultimately going to be used for all a full stadium of phones? What's the testing process like? I mean, it, to a certain extent, it kind of sounds like you have to roll the dice and say, all right, well, it worked on, how do you do it? It's really hard to simulate an arena full of like 80,000 people. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so that's why the ultrasonic audio is a big component because we can say we don't care what network conditions look like if we were to um, put this thing in a Faraday case. Like if we were to like completely take away all connectivity, it's still going to work. Um, and then from there, you're thinking like how many do the bodies, like we can test in an empty stadium but is 80,000 bodies going to cause too many reflections? There's a lot of stuff like that that kind of goes into um, the thought process. And then other times, like um, we have 80,000, the network infrastructure is not made for 80,000 open devices at the same time. It's made for like a distributed network load, like over the course of the game. Not like, so if we do do anything, uh, network requests caused by the audio, you see these huge spikes in data that like, don't happen organically. So I swear, I think one time we like just spammed a cell tower with like, we did the survey game and like uploaded way too much data from all these devices. 
and I think we like brought down a tower um, because we had such massive uh, like requests all at once going that we just clogged the, the system. And then we realized we had needed to randomly stagger any network requests because huh. like doing them all at once was a bad idea. Did, uh, <laughs> I'm imagining that cell phone tower just like instantly combusting <laughs> into flames or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah. I just like... like yeah, it just I I something just stopped, things just stopped working. It just we then yeah it was, it was not a smart, but it was funny being like, you know, I doubt like anyone's you know done something uh, an experiment of similar scale yeah. where we have eighty thousand smartphones pinging the same thing out of nowhere. Has there been one distinct time you can remember the the whole technology just flopping? Um, yeah, actually we have, I think we have like a, okay, well, like things, not every event's gone perfectly, but I don't think it's ever been the technology that's failed. It's usually like one time we did a, 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 a church, like a, like, um, like a Christian music tour with this band called Outcry and, um, and everyone had the app open, but like at the wrong time for the wrong song. And uh. so like. So yeah, everyone has it open, but like a miscommunication between the artist and the fans. So like everyone has it open, doesn't do anything. Then the next song, which is the light show song, everyone's already put away their phone. Uh, so Dang. that that's probably the biggest kind of flop. Um, yeah. Dang. It seems to me that as amazing as a smartphone light show is, that there's some way deeper or more impactful ways this could be used have have you guys explored and pursued many of those so in one way that's kind of like i guess one of the hidden blessings of a global pandemic has been the shutting down of live events was that's where all of our business was so we had like most of 2020 to like be like okay what do we do outside of sports outside of live events so what we've done in the past few months we've actually done a lot of gotten a lot of good traction so we've done let's see if i can remember them we've got our first ride share client um where people are t- checking in the passengers with audio um mm-hmm. we uh landed a we started to work in defense with like raytheon um for like a backup for our if rf gets jammed there's an audio communication channel um that it just adds another layer of redundancy for like voice comms um, we landed a pilot with Comcast recently. Um, the goal there is audio, like QR codes, like you need like to open up your camera and like point and scan, um, which is not very accessible for someone with vision, uh, impairments. Um, so we're creating like a audio QR code, like an audio equivalent oh. that could be scanned by your microphone rather than your camera. Um, so a couple things that come to mind and we can talk about this after, but not, I mean, obviously, you know, a thousand times more about this, but when live events do come back, Brad Paisley, the country music artist yeah. is like a, is a huge tech geek. So for sure should start working the lines to see, like, I, I remember he programmed something of, uh, at a concert where the audience was able to, to use phones or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 I, I know that. Yeah. That was a few years ago. Um, yeah. I heard about that. I've seen it. Uh-huh. It was my wife and I's first date, and it, I think maybe that's what uh, ultimately got her to hang around. 
So no way. The, That's so <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, I don't know if you know Garrett Gee of the Bucket List family. Big mm. QR code guru. He started like the snap code kind of vibe. Oh, so um, we could connect you if if it would yeah. be of any help but that's that's Absolutely. literally all i have to offer in any way like that's i have no other way i could help you that's it um, I out. yeah i'll i'll gladly gladly <laughs> take those recommendations nice uh i i i'm curious you mentioned this christian band tour you and i mm -hmm. were kind of jib jabbing i know you have something fun coming up yeah absolutely we're making so something that we're I'm doing completely unrelated, but but kind of funny, is uh, making a, a board game that we're launching on Kickstarter in January 2021. Um, it's not like you know it's it's actually like a lot of Kickstarters you see are um, the product's already done, so it's like a, a launch party, like you know it's a sales uh, awareness campaign. Like this is like a real Kickstarter. We're like we'll do it if if people like the idea and fund it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a little out there. What's the name of it? Uh, it's called Colt Kit. <laughs> Colt um, Kid? Colt Kit. Okay. Like a C-U-L-T space K-I-T. <laughs> so the, the, concept, <laughs> the concept is it's a board game where through playing the game, it's like a party game you play with your friends. Through the course of, creating, of playing the game, you actually create a real religion. So like you have a, a name, a cosmology, um, and then you can actually, at the end of it, apply for recognition by the United States government and make your religion official and get the tax exempt status and be a real religion. Um, so it, it's a kit that contains everything you need to actually start your own cult. What, uh, what sparked your passion for, for this? <laughs> uh, so we like in the office, we'll joke that like, like, we should start a cult or <laughs> like we, there's this girl <laughs> in the office with she's great and she's in like a group of female entrepreneurs who call themselves a cult so we've always been like oh we should create a cult kit but like i didn't know like what the concept was and i was like really kind of stoked on the idea so one time one night i was just like i'm gonna think hard about about what i love the name so much what is it and then like i thought like oh i think it could be a board game I think you create your own real religion. Uh, and like the game, I think is pretty funny. <laughs> Do you ever worry about the potential negative ramifications of like, Hey, actually there's some cults that spring up as a result of, well, you know, I think <laughs> the, the goal would be the goal. The unspoken, the goal is to create the most cults out of anyone in history ever. Just start at the <laughs> most. <laughs> wow. Anything to be known for. Um, <laughs> Man, a lot of people aim for like, you know, I want, I want to make this amount of money or like, you know, have buy this car, that goal. I can't say I've ever heard goals. that. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, I'm so curious, like what your perspective on life is. What, like, what do you get excited about when you wake up in the morning? You uh, perspective on life, pretty nihilistic, but, <laughs> um, but you know, what gets me excited, um, I love learning new things. Uh, I'm trying to do a, a lot with um, studying machine learning, just it's so fun. Um, 
So I, I, the other day I downloaded like a Kickstarter data set and was like trying to see like, you know, like pull out some algorithms to predict like what makes a successful Kickstarter. Um, but learning new things and then getting people to use the things I create, it, it just the process of creation um, with the conclusion that people are using the thing that you created is kind of what um, drives me. What, aside from creating the most cults of anyone ever, what are like your life goals, Jameson? Um, so that's a good question. I have a lot of what I've always done. I've never been super um, oddly like goal oriented. Um, I've always made my goals time based. So even when I was a kid, like 16, I'd be like, I'm going to study math for the next three hours. And I'm going to do that every day when I wake up in the morning. Um, and now my my commitments are my goals are still time based. Like I'm going to like work ten hours today. And I time it and like map out like what I worked on. Um, and you know usually uh, that's kind of good for like a day to day. But I'll admit it's probably not the best for long term focus. Um, but my goal, of course, would be to grow Q um, and really make it um, that kind of next level where it's not a startup, but it's like an established company. Um, you know, that's my number one goal right now. So do you, your role within Q is, is founder, not CEO, correct? Uh, well, I always laugh when people be like, you know, I don't want to say CEO because if you're a company of seven people, you're like, I'm the CEO. Like it <laughs> sounds silly. So I've never wanted to use like executive titles. Um, so we go by like founder. That's my preferred title for sure. Do you, it, it, I, I assume that your company culture over there is probably a blast. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Um, wow. But like, I don't, we have like, you know, some really great people. Um, I mentioned Ira um, Acres before. He's like the heart and soul of the company. It's just like an amazing per like the ultimate like family person like great father like you know perfect salesman and like uh super wholesome and i feel the same way about kind of everyone we work with um a lot of smart people people are a lot a lot smarter than me for sure um makes me feel bad about my programming skills um all right do you, you don't have any kids do you no. Yeah. No. Nope. Wow. Um, okay. You again, you've lived such a unique life and that that's a ridiculous thing to say. Cause everybody does, but like truly your decision-making tree, I feel like is different than anyone I've probably talked to. What are, uh, three lessons that you've either been given or have learned that you find valuable? Yeah. So, you know, I guess I don't have like a, a prepared answer, but thinking like one of them is definitely when creating a business and like choosing partners, um, choose based on, uh, kind of like skill and, and, and work ethic rather than, uh, connections. Um, you'll, I, I've had, you know, um, partners and people I've worked with who have so many connections, you're like, this guy goes to dinner parties with the 
owner of the Jets, you know, he's he'll if we make it, he can sell it. And like, no, he can't. Like, there's no replacing like a good product. Um, and so that that connection, that partnership, is based on like real talent and compatibility rather than connections or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is like, uh, yeah, just. Uh, I, I never claim to like be the smartest or anything, but I, I one thing I really will kind of stand by is that I'll put in the most time. Um, I think that's really done a lot of um, good for me. Is just being willing to dedicate hours upon hours and hours um, until I get the result that I want. Um, I think that's kind of the characteristic that I feel has done me the most. Um, like some of the biggest solid is just to, to do that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess a, a third one. Um, let's see. Um, I, I don't know, something that I wish that I would be better at um, is just be more uh, outgoing. I've seen that like um, people who are more outgoing, they really do get a lot more kind of like opportunities. And the, all the most that comes from networking. So I, I work with, um, you know, Ira and our designer, and they're both really outgoing. And I can see that that really does contribute a ton to the opportunities that you have available. Um, that that surprised me. You don't consider yourself outgoing. You seem very, com- I mean, this is our first conversation. You seem very comfortable. When I'm in like the a right environment and when I'm like, when things are set up to where like, I know I'm supposed to talk, like then I'm fine. But if it's like a group of people, like I'm not going to fight for like my, you know, time to be the one in the center of attention or anything. Um, I'm pretty introverted. Like I actually have, I, I haven't left my apartment for like two weeks. Granted, like we had like quarantine, like my dad got like COVID and then like exposed all of us to it. Uh, but I was, it was great two weeks. <laughs> hey, do you have like a role model or mentors or? Yeah. Well, my favorite if people ask me my role models, um, one is um, Hugh Everett III. Uh, he's not alive, but he's definitely. So he created the many worlds theory of quantum mechanics, which is like really cool, but that's not why I like him. I like him because um, he was like a rock star scientist. He like created, created the many world theories as, as his like thesis, um, PhD thesis left, made a bunch of patents for the military, got super rich, smoked cigars all the time and died at 51. He was like literally a rock star scientist. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, other one is Frank <laughs> William Abagnale Jr. He's like the guy from Catch If You Can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like that. I love that book and that movie. I actually got to, he like called me on my birthday one year. He's the nicest guy. Uh, that guy but, did? Yeah. So. My mom was dating this guy at some point and uh, he gave me a book that was like a first edition, first printing of Kitchen If You Can. And in it was Frank William Abigail Jr.'s um, uh, business card. And I didn't want to call him or email him because I, I didn't want to bother him. But um, my mom's boyfriend, Hippie, the, his, everyone called a Hippie, uh, what, did that for me. And so he was so nice. He called me and woke me up like on a call for my birthday and then sent me a package with like a signed movie um like a bunch of cool stuff like t-shirt and like he didn't have to do any of that it was like so nice uh, so he's a really nice person wow. despite all the fraud <laughs> james like i say 
this I was pleasantly surprised by this conversation. I'm I'm honored you took the time to sit down with me. Uh, I love your perspective. Can't wait for this game. Um, hope yeah. There's no there's no demo yet. Uh, so I guess this comes out in January. So by January we'll have a website up. Um, I don't do like a ton of socials or anything, but like I'll I'll try to post updates somewhere. But the site will be up. So if you want to, it's coltkit.co. Um, there's nothing there right now. I guess on the domain. But there might be something there by the time this is like released. Nice. Well, again, thank you for the time. It was a pleasure talking. Yeah, thank you so much.